1: which uses insights from the more than 200 great coaches we have interviewed to challenge you with a series of questions to help you understand how your team is performing. It's free and only takes a few minutes to complete. If you'd like to know more, you can check out our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com. Ready to pop the
2: question?
1: While we prepare for the next season of the podcast And so are using the opportunity to revisit some of our favorite interviews This week is a recreated interview with the coach Who is mentioned most by any of our guests The late John Wooden We hope you find John's thoughts on leadership as timeless as we did Welcome to the Great Coaches Podcast To me, being perfect it's not about that scoreboard out there.
2: This is a chance, it's a lifetime. When you can understand the person, you can then work towards a common goal.
1: We are all on the same team.
3: Know your role you and do it to the best of your ability. Focus on the fundamentals. We've gone over time and time again. Your defense has got to be better. Leave no doubt
4: tonight. Great moments are born from great opportunity.
1: My name is Paul Barnett, And you are listening to The Great Coaches Podcast, where we explore leadership through the lens of high-performance sport by interviewing great coaches from around the world to try and find ideas to help all of us be better leaders. Our great coach on this episode is John Wooden. Coach Wooden was an American basketball coach who led the UCLA Bruins to 10 NCAA championships, including a record seven titles in a row. Over a 29-year coaching career, his teams won a record 88 consecutive games and he was voted Coach of the Year on seven occasions. As a player, he was named a collegiate All-American on three occasions and was the first person to be enshrined in the Basketball Hall of Fame as both a player and a coach. He is one of the most revered coaches in history and is by far the coach mentioned most by the great coaches we have interviewed. Here is a sample of what some of our great coaches have said about him. The first is from gymnastics coach Valerie Field.
2: And I was walking through the student's door and I happened upon, it's actually that book, Coach Wooden's book on leadership, and it magically opened up to his definition of success.
1: And this from American basketball coach Corey Close.
2: Another great quote that I got from Coach Wooden was, The only way to have a perfect day is to give to someone else with no expectation of anything in return.
4: That's how you create a perfect day.
1: And one more, this time from rugby union coach Stuart Lancaster. So I'd be a big John Wooden fan, and his philosophy on coaching and leadership as a basketball coach will be someone that would resonate with me. John Wooden wrote 13 books on coaching and leadership but it is his opus from 2005, The Pyramid of Success, through which he's become internationally recognised. In that book, he lays out his key principles to leadership and success in life. Unfortunately, Coach Wooden passed away in 2010 at the age of 99. However, he left so much rich material behind that we are going to recreate a posthumous interview with him. Much of the footage of him is copyrighted and not able to be reproduced without a lot of cost and bureaucracy. So I've ordered his words around key coaching and leadership themes and organised for an actor to read those words. And that is what you will be listening to today. I used multiple books to find the words you will hear and I've referenced all of them in the show notes. And just before we go to the interview, if you're a first-time listener, you can check out our library of interviews with other great coaches at our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com. And now, please enjoy our posthumous interview with the great coach, John Wooden.
3: You're listening to The Great Coaches Podcast.
1: When Coach Wooden talks about the great coaches that he has experienced, there are three he consistently talks about. Mentors.
3: Adults who provide direction and a good example are very important to youngsters. I know this because I had three who were so important in my life Mr Earl Warner was my country grade school principal teacher and coach back in Centerton Indiana From Mr Warner I learned that there are no stars or privileged individuals He would not compromise his principles for the sake of convenience although he recognized the right of individuals to differ in their opinions on issues and when he was wrong he demonstrated that he was man enough to admit it without rationalization or alibi. My Martinsville high school coach, Mr. Glenn Curtis, had a tremendous talent for getting individuals and teams to rise to great heights, to near their uppermost level of competency. He was also a fine teacher of fundamentals, whom I tried to emulate in my own teaching later on. And Mr. Ward, Piggy, Lambert, My coach at Purdue University demonstrated extraordinary devotion to his principles and was willing to suffer whatever consequences that entailed. Biggie Lambert constantly reminded us, the team that makes the most mistakes will probably win. That may sound a bit odd, but there is a great deal of truth in it. The doer makes mistakes. Coach Lambert taught me that mistakes come from doing, but so does success. The individual who is mistake-free is also probably sitting around doing nothing. And that's a very big mistake.
1: One of John Wooden's most famous athletes was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the LA Lakers centre who would go on to win six NBA championships. When reflecting on his old coach, he said, Coach John Wooden taught me that sports wasn't just about making us better athletes, but about making us better people. Compassion, kindness, and morality were more important than a championship season. Fame wasn't an accomplishment, it was an opportunity to show our gratitude to the community that we are a part of by changing it for the better. End quote. This focus on compassion was something that was at the very front of John Wooden's philosophy.
3: People want to believe you're sincerely interested in them as persons, not just for what they can do for you. You can't fake it if you don't mean it. They know it just as you'd know if someone were pretending to be interested in you. In the workplace, you'll get better cooperation and results if you are sincerely interested in people's families and interests, not simply how they do their job. This will bring productive results. Most people try to live up to expectations. One of the finest things a player could say about me after he left the team was that I cared every bit as much about him as an individual as I cared about him as an athlete. It was important to me because I really did care about them. I often told the players that, next to my own flesh and blood, they were the closest to me. They were my extended family, and I got wrapped up in them, their lives, their problems. There was a great deal of love involved in my coaching. That's what a team should be to a coach.
1: Coach Wooden had a strong sense of belief, and he was able to cultivate it in his teams in such a way that it didn't morph into arrogance. To do this, he would emphasize the need for balance in both the emotional and physical sense.
3: Never believe you're better than anybody else, but remember that you're just as good as everybody else. That's important. No better, but just as good. I attempted to keep that in mind both when we weren't winning national championships and when we were. It helped me avoid getting carried away with myself. Balance is perhaps the most important word for a player or coach to keep in mind. You have to have emotional balance. You have to have physical balance. You have to have mental balance. As coach, I had to teach players individual balance and then the balance of losing themselves in the group for the greater good of the team. Balance means keeping things in proper perspective, not permitting either excessive exuberance or dejection to interfere with preparation, performance, or subsequent individual or team behavior. Balance is important in many aspects of basketball. Besides physical, emotional, and mental balance, we need squad balance, rebounding balance, offensive balance, defensive balance, size balance. Balance, balance, balance. The same thing is true in life. We must have physical, emotional, and mental balance, balance between making a living and making a home. We must keep things in perspective, both the good and the bad. And we must listen to achieve that balance. Listen and observe at home and work. Balance the work against the play. Achieving balance in life or basketball requires great, great effort, desire, and alertness. Life is complicated, and it's easy to get things totally out of balance. That's when you have a problem.
1: Coach Wooden was not given to robust oratory, nor was he prone to visionary statements about future dominance or success. Instead, he would talk about a goal and then come back to his mantra about the need for preparation and hard work.
3: You know where you'd like to go, whether it's to a national championship in basketball or a particular goal in your business life. You must also realize that this goal will be simply a byproduct of all the hard work and good thinking you do along the way. Your preparation The preparation is where success is truly found. Set your compass in a chosen direction and then focus your attention and efforts completely on the journey of that preparation. A successful journey becomes your destination and is where your real accomplishment lies. I believe one of my strengths is my ability to keep negative thoughts out. I'm an optimist. I believe this results from the fact that I set realistic goals, ones that are difficult to achieve, but within reach. You might say I'm a realistic optimist. Goals should be difficult to achieve because those achieved with little effort are seldom appreciated, give little personal satisfaction, and are often not very worthwhile. However, If you set goals that are so idealistic there's no probability of reaching them, you will eventually become discouraged and quit. They become counterproductive. Be a realistic optimist. Question. How can I become an optimist? Answer. Proper preparation and attention to details. I believe in the basics. Attention to and perfection of tiny details that might commonly be overlooked. They may seem trivial, perhaps even laughable to those who don't understand, but they aren't. They are fundamental to your progress in basketball, business, and life. They are the difference between champions and near-champions.
1: Early in his life, John Wooden was introduced to his father's creed, titled Seven Things to Do. These seven things were, one, be true to yourself, two, help others, three, make each day your masterpiece, four, drink deeply from good books, especially the Bible, five, make friendships of fine art, six, build a shelter against a rainy day, and seven, Pray for guidance and count and give thanks for your blessings every day. Coach Wooden folded these into his own value system, which he was steadfast in communicating to his teams.
3: Be more concerned with your character than your reputation. Character is what you really are. Reputation is what people say you are. Reputation is often based on character, but not always. Character is how you react to things, sensibly, without getting carried away by yourself or your circumstances. A person of character is trustworthy and honest, and for a dollar he or she will give you a dollar. The other kind of person looks for the easy way out. I like to think the players I coached, however they came to UCLA, left as men of character. But in truth, if they didn't have it when they came, I couldn't give it to them. By then, it was too late. That's a job for a mother and father. I believe ability can get you to the top, but it takes character to keep you there. A big part of character is the self-discipline needed to avoid complacency, resist temptation, And understand that past success doesn't guarantee future success. When you read about an athlete or team that wins over and over and over, remind yourself, more than ability, they have character.
1: In Coach John Wooden's Pyramid of Success, there are 15 building blocks that set out the behaviours to excellence. Here he is talking about some of them.
3: My all-time best starting five is 1. Industriousness, 2. Enthusiasm, 3. Condition, 4. Fundamentals, 5. Team Spirit. A good sixth player on the bench is attention to details. Industriousness. In plain and simple English, this means hard work, very hard work. There is no substitute for very hard work when it comes to success. I've not known, heard of, or read about any individual anywhere who achieved real success without working extremely hard. In fact, the great successes we all know about are individuals who almost always have greatly outworked their competition. But hard work is not enough. It must be. Be ignited. Lit a fire by something that will raise it to the extraordinary level required for success. That something is your enthusiasm, which infuses hard work with inspired power that all great competitors have. You must be in physical condition, but you must also have mental and moral condition. All three are components in this block of the pyramid because you can't have one without the others. Weak mental or moral condition precludes top physical condition. At the very center of the pyramid of success is skill. You have to know your stuff, and that includes a mastery of details. This is true whether you're an athlete, a surgeon, or a CEO. You'd better be able to execute properly and quickly, and that requires skill. As much as I value experience, and I value it greatly, I'd rather have a lot of skill and less experience than the other way around. And team spirit, this block of the pyramid, addresses a most important characteristic. Selflessness, which is the opposite of selfishness. I mean by this that you are eager to sacrifice personal glory for gain for the greater good. Namely, the welfare and success of your organization, your team, your group. For me, it meant I was constantly searching for that player who would make our team great, rather than someone who is just a great player. There's a big difference, and that difference is what constitutes team spirit. I did not want a person on our team who was reluctant to sacrifice for the good of the team. I prized the individual who was eager to sacrifice for our common good.
1: John Wooden expected energy and enthusiasm from his team. And he wanted this drive to come from a place of belief that emanated from the hard work and commitment that his athletes had put in.
3: I wanted those under my own supervision to be motivated, to strive to be their best, because I believed in them rather than from any fear of punishment. The qualities I observe in successful athletes are common among people who enjoy success in business. Both love the battle, the journey, the challenge. Both of them consider the final outcome a byproduct. Competitiveness must be focused exclusively on the process of what you're doing rather than the results of that effort, the so-called winning or losing. Otherwise, you may lose self-control and become tight emotionally, mentally, and physically. I think someone who is too competitive as an individual is overly worried about the final score. Therefore, I never mentioned winning or victory to my players. I never referred to beating an opponent. Instead, I constantly urged them to strive for the self-satisfaction that always comes from knowing you did the best you could to become the best of which you are capable. That's what I wanted, the total effort. That was the measurement I used, never the final score. You are in the presence of a true competitor when you observe that he or she is indeed getting the most joy out of the most difficult circumstances. The real competitors love a tough situation. That's when they focus better and function better. At moments of maximum pressure, they want the ball.
2: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring.
1: But the challenge of trying to move closer towards it every day was a worthy mission and was one that would help fuel motivation.
3: Perfection is what you're striving for, but perfection is an impossibility. However, striving for perfection is not an impossibility. Do the best you can under the conditions that exist. That is what counts. Our teams at UCLA had four perfect seasons, but we never played a perfect game. Never played as well as we could. That's perfection. We didn't reach perfection. But we constantly strove toward it. I believe there's nothing wrong with the other fellow being better than you are if you've prepared and are functioning in the way you've tried to prepare. That's all you can do, but there is something wrong if you've failed to measure up to your ability because you haven't prepared. The players were charged with trying to improve a little each day, trying to get closer to becoming their best. I tried to be honest with them and letting them know they wouldn't reach perfection but I was also honest in saying that I expected them to give everything they had in trying to reach perfection. That's what we work toward. Let's see how close we can get. We won't reach 120% or 110%, but how close to 100% of our potential can we get? That was my challenge to them. How close can we get to perfect? When individuals are sincerely motivated to take up that challenge, the results are astonishing. Try your hardest in all ways, and you are a success, period. Do less than that, and you've failed to one degree or another. I believe this so strongly that I've practiced it as best I could throughout these many years.
1: One of Coach Wooden's most famous players was NBA Hall of Famer Bill Walton. Of his college coach, he said, Coach Wooden was an English teacher who coached basketball to earn extra money. He was about the most unlikely person to be coaching us. He never talked about winning and losing, but rather about the effort to win. This effort to win, or industriousness, as John Wooden would refer to it, was the foundation stone for his pyramid of success – and something he was consistent in emphasising in many of his books and interviews.
3: I believe one of the big lessons of sports for dedicated individuals and teams is that it shows us how hard work, and I mean hard work, does pay dividends. The dividend is not necessarily in outsourcing an opponent. The guaranteed dividend is the complete peace of mind gained in knowing you did everything within your power physically, mentally, and emotionally, to bring forth your full potential. I see the same self-satisfaction occurring in every area of our lives when we strive mightily to do our best, whether it's working in a business or community or raising a family. The great satisfaction that comes from trying to do your best is a guaranteed dividend. Understand that there is a price to be paid for achieving anything of significance. You must be willing to pay the price. I told my athletes in basketball, I don't care if you're tall, but I do care if you play tall. It's just another way of saying that I judged them by the level of effort they gave to the team's journey. That's the standard of measurement I used. There's no substitute for work. Worthwhile things come only from work. I challenge you to show me one single solitary individual who achieved his or her own personal greatness without lots of hard work. Michael Jordan. More important than his physical ability is the way he has worked hard to improve any weaknesses he had. Jack Nicholas. Mr. Nicholas is legendary for his hard work. Cal Ripken, Jr., the same. Mix idealism with realism and add hard work. This will often bring much more than you could ever hope for.
1: As a teacher, John Wooden placed a strong emphasis on learning, both in the classroom and on the court. His style was very much focused on teaching and helping the individual make the necessary adjustments through training to be better.
3: The four laws of learning are explanation, demonstration, imitation, and repetition. The goal is to create a correct habit that can be produced instinctively under great pressure. To make sure this goal was achieved, I created eight laws of learning namely, explanation, demonstration, imitation, repetition, 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 and repetition. The best way to improve the team is to improve ourselves. Big things are accomplished only through the perfection of minor details. Long before any championships were ever won at UCLA, I came to understand that losing is only temporary and not all-encompassing. You must simply study it, learn from it, and try hard not to lose the same way again. Then you must have the self-control to forget about it. Failure to change is often just stubbornness that comes from an unwillingness to learn, an inability to realize that you're not perfect. There cannot be progress without change, even though not all change is progress.
1: And as Coach Wooden taught, he kept his communication simple in small blocks of details that were easier to understand and remember.
3: People learn more effectively if communication is given in bite sized amounts rather than everything all at once. There was a time when I gave all my players a rather extensive, bulky blue handbook of detailed information relating to everything we're going to do as a team. Later, I decided that too many of them really did not study and learn it. There was a tremendous amount of information, and perhaps it was just overwhelming. I decided to change my approach. Instead, I began passing out information a little at a time. I found this method was productive, but it also required that I use good judgment in the frequency, amount, and type of information I distributed. Instead of a great big heavy book of information, I gave the players individual handouts pertaining to various topics at what I considered to be appropriate times. When I broke the big subject of basketball down into its small bits of information, players were much better able to learn what they needed to learn. They were not overwhelmed by the total body of knowledge. Breaking it down into small, easily consumed parts ensured it would be read, learned, and used most effectively and efficiently. I suspect that this is true any time a leader, teacher, or coach is attempting to convey lots of information.
1: Coach Wooden also believed in being calm when you delivered your messages.
3: You cannot function physically or mentally unless your emotions are under control. That's why I didn't engage in pregame pep talks to stir emotions to a sudden peak. I preferred to maintain a gradually increasing level of both achievement and emotions rather than trying to create artificial emotional highs. For every contrived peak you create, there's a subsequent valley. I don't like valleys. Self control provides emotional stability and fewer valleys.
1: And this calmness and sense of perspective was also something he brought to the topic of criticism and praise.
3: I took criticism from outsiders with a grain of salt. I told my players each year, Fellows, you're going to receive criticism. Some of it will be deserved, and some of it will be undeserved. Either way, deserved or undeserved, you're not going to like it. You're also going to receive praise on occasion. Some of it will be deserved and some of it will be undeserved. Either way, deserved or undeserved, you're going to like it. However, your strength as an individual depends on how you respond to both criticism and praise. If you let either one have any special effect on you, it's going to hurt us. Whether it's criticism or praise, deserved or undeserved, makes no difference. If we let it affect us, it hurts us. It goes back to what my dad used to say. If you get caught up in things over which you have no control, it will adversely affect those things over which you have control. You have little control over what criticism or praise outsiders send your way. Take it all with a grain of salt. Let your opponent get all caught up in other people's opinions, but don't you do it.
1: Throughout and after his career, John Wooden was sought out for his views on leadership. And of the many books he published in his life, one of his most famous was Wooden on Leadership, how to Create a Winning Organization. On the cover of that book, it promises that it outlines the mental, emotional, and physical qualities essential to building a winning organization. But at its very core, it's a call to teach and motivate.
3: There's very little difference in technical knowledge about the game of basketball among most experienced coaches. Similarly, in the business world, Those in charge usually understand the basics, how to read a financial statement, and so forth. However, there is a vast difference between leaders in their ability to teach and to motivate those under their supervision. Knowledge alone is not enough to get desired results. You must have the more elusive ability to teach and to motivate. This defines a leader. If you can't teach and you can't motivate,
1: you can't lead. When it came to articulating what set some teams apart from others, Coach Wooden would often talk about clarity of role, cooperation and team spirit.
3: Everyone on the team, from the manager to the coach, from a secondary to an owner, has a role to fulfil. That role is valuable if the team is to come close to reaching its potential. The leader must understand this. Every single member of your team needs to feel wanted and appreciated. If they are on the team, they deserve to be valued and to feel valued. Do you want someone on the team who doesn't feel necessary and appreciated? How do they find out unless you let them know? I told players at UCLA that we, as a team, are like a powerful car. Maybe a Bill Walton or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Michael Jordan is the big engine. But if one wheel is flat, we're going nowhere. And if we have brand new tires but the lug nuts are missing, the wheels come off. What good is the powerful engine now? It's no good at all. A lug nut may seem like a little thing, but it's not. There's a role that each and every one of us must play. We may aspire to what we consider to be a larger role or a more important role, but we cannot achieve that until we show that we are able to fulfill the role we are assigned. It's these little things that make the big things happen. The big engine is not going to work unless the little things are being done properly. Of course, when I told the players about their roles and the car with the powerful engine, new tires, and tight lug nuts, I also reminded them the car needed a driver behind the wheel or it would just go around in circles or smash into a tree. I told them the driver was me.
1: We always finish our interviews asking the coach about the legacy they would like to leave. It's a question that often catches people off guard and they sometimes pause for a moment to reflect. But with Coach Wooden, his focus was so clear that I believe his answer would have been simple and easy for him to articulate.
3: Basketball is just a game. But if I was doing my job as a coach that game of basketball would help our players by preparing them to do well in life, to reach their full potential as individuals. When they did that, I felt very proud as a coach. That's more rewarding to me than all the championships and titles and awards. I'm asked, coach, aren't you particularly proud of all the players that went on to the pros after they left UCLA? fellows like Bill Walton, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Sidney Wicks, Gail Goodrich, David Myers and the others. Yes, but I'm equally proud of the fellows who became doctors, lawyers, dentists, ministers, businessmen, teachers and coaches.
4: Hi everyone, it's Mike here, and you've been listening to the great coach, John Wooden. Some of the key highlights for me were his views that people want to believe you're as interested in them as persons, not just for what they can do for you. How he believes that you should never believe you're better than anyone else, but also that you're just as good as everybody else. The importance of being more concerned with your character than your reputation and that there's no substitute for very hard work when it comes to success. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And just before we go, if you have any questions, then please let us know. Just like Richard Shuttleworth, who said, highly recommended for coaches and coach developers who are keen to enrich their thinking about developing healthy performance environments and critical thinking leadership. Thanks, Richard. The interaction with people around the world gives us great energy. And so if you have any feedback or comments, please let us know. And all the details on how to connect with us are in the show notes or on our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com.